Hi, Black Hollywood Live fans. Today we're talking Chris Brown, Bill Cosby, again, and did Straight Outta Compton kill Jerry Heller? Stay with us on Justice is Served. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Justice is Served. Hello, Justice fans, and thank you for joining us. I have just made it in right <laughs> under the gun. Uh, I said last week that I may or may not be here because of uh, jury duty, and I just barely squeaked in here. I'm not on the panel yet. Or no, I'm on the panel, but not the, uh, the jury yet. They're doing jury selection for a... Uh, a case with serious charges, I'll say that much about right now. <laughs> so I kind of, I'm, I'm, I would be honored to actually be on this, jur- this, this jury. But for right now, we're going to talk about legal cases that have already happened. Uh, thank you for joining me. My name is Chelsea Galicia. I am an attorney joined by fellow attorneys Shaka Smith and Yemi Abayami. Hello, guys. Hey, what's up? Hello. This is like the first time where we like, I say hello, and this is like really the first time I've said hello because <laughs> I just got into this chair. Uh, how's everyone doing? Yeah, I feel like I need to, well, to yeah. make sure we're all on the same page. They were already uh, quarreling about a, a story. Can't <laughs> wait to get that to that one. All right, but so let's get started on uh, an update from Chris Brown on that situation where he allegedly pulled a gun on a woman. Yeah. Oh, this one's exciting for me, uh, cause, just because of all the circumstances around it. So Mark Garagos came out and made a statement. Um, so we know that he was arrested or arra- uh, arrested. And then he was out on bail, $250,000 bail, I believe. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's, that's quite a bit. Yeah, so his arraignment is set for September 20th. And then Garagos came out recently and said, you know, he wanted to underlie that there was no gun found in the home. But wasn't there a gun in the uh, duffel bag yeah. that went out the so window? I, I've been so, looking for that statement, so. and there's been no statement as regards to the duffel bag. So I, initially when the story broke, we heard something about Chris Brown dropping a duffel bag out the window that two presumably guns in had... It. Had, With at uh, least weapons. one gun and yeah. weapons and, and drugs. And you'll notice from Mark Garagos' statement, he says a gun wasn't found in, in the house. Yeah. Spoken like a true attorney. And right? I, I had questioned whether or not Chris Brown got the advice to throw that stuff out of the duffel bag from Garagos. I mean, I mean maybe. I, it, it's possible. Who knows? I mean, Garagos did come up on the scene. I mean, this guy, how many lawyers do you know, like, show up to the scene of an cool. event? Well, when you have Chris Brown as a client, I think you're at the I ready. mean, I guess so. I mean, yeah, so I mean, he's definitely so, on speed dial. So what are the legal implications here? Because I'm trying to think, would it have been advisable? Why would an attorney give that advice? And I, I'm thinking to myself, so he drops his duffel bag. It's reported that he taunts the police as he's doing that. If they haven't yet obtained a warrant, but they then got the duffel bag and searched through it because of the taunt and, you know, it, but it was still on the property, does that then... Alleviate? Does that make it illegal? I mean, I, maybe they would no longer have grounds to believe that there was a gun in the home. Maybe that was the, the, the line of thinking. Or because they had no search warrant, if they took this bag from the personal property and searched it and opened it, maybe that no longer can come into evidence. I, I don't know. I'm sure we'll we'll find out. <laughs> but eventually they got the search warrant. So where did that duffel bag? But if if, go- if it's already been illegally searched, then you know that's not going to fly as evidence. Right. Yeah. Right. We didn't. But he- the question is, yeah, did they go in there and look at that? Was there a duffel bag? To begin with? <laughs> no. Did they go in and look oh, at the duffel bag? Where is this duffel the bag? Warrant? And we need some more confirmation <laughs> on it. But it's it's so bizarre to me that he would drop the duffel bag, then taunt the police. They would search it, and then Garagos would come out with a statement that no gun was found in the home, very specifically. And not only so, that no gun was found, but also that the uh, the jewelry matching the description yeah, was, was also not, not found. found. 
But again, where is this duffel bag? What was in it? But so, so they're trying to say that the girl like made up, made the, up the story made up so story. far. Like she didn't even exaggerate; she made it up about yeah. jewelry that wasn't yeah, even there. Completely. There, he said that there is a text message that she sent that said, "Chris Brown, this freak, Chris Brown just kicked me out of his house. I'm going to set him up. I'm going to set him up. Yeah, and, and he'll wish he never did this. Something, something to that effect. And they're trying to authenticate that text, but it, it just—it's still very weird. It just rings very weird so I'm, far. But it's exciting to you. Oh, absolutely. This is theater, right? This is theater. <laughs> oh, real life. As long as it's not your life, then it's entertaining. When I'll, I'll be else's. glad for him if, if, if this, in, in, the, in this instance, he actually is not as crazy as we I think just, he is. Why? I'm just, it's too much. You're rooting too, for him on this I, one. I, I am. It's, it's I, I just much. want to know about the stuffle bag. I want to know that it exists and that, you know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, Mark Aragos is taking, like, advocating for your lawyer, for your client to, like, another degree when yeah. he, like, shows up. And then also this, you know, wasn't done for any other reason. The statement wasn't done for anything other than the court of public opinion. Yeah. He didn't have to say any of this yeah. stuff legally to defend his client. So, I mean, I guess, Chris Brown, you think he cares more about... What the public thinks, than well, waiting think until it, these facts come out in the court system. What the public believes is going to, I think, can have the ability to sway your case. Obviously, if a jury's involved, it will certainly, you know. Or so. if, do you think that if people believe that he, you know, had a gun, that they're less likely to do business with him between now and then? Uh, I don't, yeah, that uh, as well. Yeah, I'm sure it'll probably shy away some, you know. Potential. I don't think so. I feel like he's much done a lot. Of, yeah, he's he's a talented guy. He makes a ton of money. He's a walking business. But if these charges I, are taken seriously, and as in he did this thing, and it's just a matter of time, then I think companies will shy away from working I with mean, him. I mean, because let's not forget, yeah, he, he was jail. The, wasn't he the one performing the night before the? VMAs a couple years ago where Suge was shot at the oh, club the here club, on yeah. Sunset. Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, if, if enough people that and if I think, if around I think, doing business with associate you with guns and problems with guns, they don't want you showing up to their yeah, and, events. And, and if they believe the likelihood of a conviction is high here, then obviously they're going to shy away from working with him, unless they believe it's a, a story made up and then they won't believe he'll be convicted. Oh, man. I, I just think that money talks <laughs> at, at the end of the day. I just but, think that money talks. But, but people are, like, Suge is now suing the club and all the, probably the promoters and people that were associated with the event uh, that happened at One Oak. Yeah. So, you know, you, there's money to be made, but there's also money to be lost if you're dealing with somebody who is a liability. If he's formally charged and it, lo- and it looks as though the evidence is skewing that he might go to jail, then I think you'll see people start to drop off in terms of sponsorships and like yeah. collaborations. Yeah, I don't know. But my hunch on this one is that this girl, there's something up with this girl and the story. Everything is crazy. The, the moment it came out that she was wanted in New York in yeah. connection <laughs> with a robbery. Yeah. Uh, Which is also for, an old robbery. Yeah, it was a 2013? Three, three years yeah. ago. It was three years ago. She's been wanted in, in, in another state. To me, that already brought her credibility level down. Right. I, I'm on the same page. And what I don't understand is why, when the police got to the home, Kristen immediately present himself because they wouldn't have. If the police believe this woman's lying sh- at the time, I'm sure he called up Mark Aragos. Mark Aragos was in mm-hmm. court and yeah. was like, "Don't move a freaking muscle until I get there." Because if you'd if you'd allowed the police to make their own assessment, they may have come to the decision that you shouldn't be arrested because the story sounds like it's been made up. You know. If you cooperate with them fully... Oh, I don't know if they do credibility checks on the girl before they go in to right. a house that mm-hmm. perhaps has a gun. Well, 
I, I don't know if they. I would think I they might. I would just so. play it safe. Play it safe. Don't do anything. <laughs> don't say anything. Just wait. Just I mean, wait. Just if, wait. If it came, I'm sure he didn't say go. You know, make, create a video about how <laughs> whack the police are. That was not in the recommendations. I just wonder if the they attorney. knocked on the door or if there was. Oh, sort I'm of, sure they did. So yeah. I would think they if said they that they did, yeah. and he didn't answer. Yeah. 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 See, I would just come down and say, well, "What's going on here?" I think that's what someone who's not guilty does. <laughs> well, but that you know that was something interesting that the you know the judge in the case that I am. Uh, potential a potential juror on they said you know the way that you think you would respond if somebody has charged you with a crime or, right. or thinking that you've done something the way you think you'd come out and defend yourself isn't the way that most people or some people react yeah of because there are yeah. things that you're not contemplating right now and probably maybe he has tried that at some point and it didn't work out well for him or he knows somebody that tried that and it didn't work out well for him yeah so his, he's like his previous experiences I, with I, trouble in the law. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Some reason tells I mean, me. <laughs> I mean, a lot of us think that, yeah, if somebody accuses us, us, us of something that we didn't do, yeah. we're going to jump to our own defense and come yeah. out and say exactly what happened and why we didn't do anything wrong. But that actually doesn't yeah, turn and, out yeah, to be it, the case. It's certainly not always an indicator of guilt. And if you're a jury, yeah. it's not an yeah. indicator of guilt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, so we're getting a uh, sneak peek into the plan of prosecutors in the Cosby case based on a motion that they have made asking the judge to allow some interesting witnesses to participate. Uh, The prosecutor wants in this, the Philadelphia uh, criminal case against Cosby um, for the sexual assault of Andrea Constant to bring in other accusers. Of course. And this is is a pretty controversial um, thing to do. Uh, it seems like a pretty logical thing that the prosecutors would want to do, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of reasons to keep that evidence out. Um, if you, so you're the defense attorney. What are you offering as a reason why they should not be allowed in? Well, usually in, in a criminal case, you know, it, it's not always the case that you'll have people offering evidence of maybe prior crimes to use to prove a current crime and and the idea is that you don't want to taint the jury to think that oh well he did it once before right. didn't we all but, spend like a semester in law school on just this exactly but we did have an exception and that would be modus operandi so if we have a specific way that you know someone does a particular crime then we can bring in evidence of that right and so we know that he's been rumored to provide quaaludes or things that might you know erase your memory and right you know. so if this was just evidence that he's just like not a good person in general or he's mean to women or he's disrespectful to women that would not be allowed yeah. in as like bad behavior but to show a consistent pattern of doing things a certain way that likely happened to this woman is allowed unless the judge believes that the circumstances are so different that you know, but what, it looks like after what's the, a, what's the term? The uh, man, it's been a long time. Uh, it, no, that when I mean, the when judge the can interest still, of justice outweighs probative versus prejudicial. Yes, thank you. So, <laughs> thank you. That's the word I was looking there for. That Good. even if it sounds like okay, this might come in the exception that the judge can still think that it's too prejudicial, too yeah. damaging to Cosby to be fair to allow any of these witnesses. Or maybe she'll allow, he or she, I can't remember if the judge is a man or a woman, will allow some, uh, but not all of them. Yeah. All right. What do you think? I, I, I think that some of them are going to be allowed to. Yeah, to, I mean, 13, The ones that are very uh, close to the story, but they're going to have to be very close to the story. And I'm guessing the 13 have been vetted and they 
are, are already close enough to the story. I'm sure that's why they picked these 13. Because they had a large pool to pick from. They had a large pool to pick from. You probably don't even yeah. need... Thirteen to begin with. I mean, just even just a handful. But with with you know with fame and money, you just you know you got to swim for the fences. Yeah. All right. Well, are you looking for a career in tech? Maybe business, data, design, or marketing. Trying to get that promotion or raise to excel in your career, you need twenty first century training and skills. General Assembly is the largest and most respected school worldwide for people seeking to grow their talents and master the marketplace. Whether it's learning remotely, online, or in person at one of their beautiful campuses, you can join the 350,000 people who've already gotten the training needed to propel careers in tech and business. More than 2,500 companies worldwide hire GA's graduates, with 99% of graduates who participate in GA's career services landing a new role in field within six months of starting their job search. I'm thinking if ITT Tech had done that, maybe they would still be in business, right? (laughs) Take control of your talent and career now. Find out more at ga.co slash geek. That's ga.co slash geek. And enter the promo code GEEK, spelled G-E-E-K, hopefully by now you know, because we've been saying that so many times, right? To save on your first class, workshop, or event once again, that's G-A dot C-O slash GEEK, code word GEEK. Thank you so much, General Assembly. All right, so now a twist in the Straight out of Compton case. We have talked about how Jerry Heller had filed a case against everybody basically revolving around the movie for the way that he was portrayed. Mm-hmm. And then just days ago, he died. Yeah. He was 75 years old, apparently had a, like a heart attack while he was driving, and they're not sure if he was if he died from the heart attack or crashing his minivan. Who knew that he drove a minivan, right? Um, and and the, the injuries from that. Be that as it may, he is no longer with us. So the first question is, just as because this is a fun teachable moment, what happens to the claim that he had brought against the movie? That was my first question when I read about this. You know, does this mean the end of the case? Because oh, no, the estate continues, yeah. Well, but so he sued for defamation, exactly. and usually uh, you uh, you can't defame a dead person. They the have no damages are for to compensate for the business that you have lost, right? That's how oh, compensation and, I, is in the harm to your uh, is measured in damages. And he, what estate? I mean, he survived by. Um, like a brother and a nephew. So there isn't somebody who was well, someone will take the estate, the brother or the nephew. Sure, but I don't I don't think the estate has any leg to stand on in continuing this claim that the estate was harmed by Well, cuz were the personal likeness claims that those were dismissed. So yeah. there was only there was Gosh, maybe we should watch our own show before we, <laughs> well, yeah. we cover no. Because we talked about how the judge had dismissed several Some other claims, lines. Yeah. But he allowed certain ones to, to continue proceed, on. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the defamation... defamation Continued with regards to not giving to giving advice to the to NWA or... Um, to not fi- to see find an attorney. Law, exactly. Okay, and, now it's all coming back to me. And, and also potentially a, a, like a, co- a copyright infringement claim, I think, as Against well. his book. It could uh, maybe. I remember they used the two scenes and said that could go forward, but um, I wasn't clear on if 
the publicity rights because he said you know they used his you mm-hmm. know his, his likeness, likeness. Um, portrayed by Paul Giamatti. So that claim would still be survivable with the estate. But the estate has to put up the money to continue this case. So but, I well, if Shapiro has a sizable estate, and well, I mean, I mean if, uh, sorry, Howard. Jerry Heller has a sizable and estate. A, and apparently, he was so adamant about these claims that he said, regardless regardless of what happens to me, I want you to continue through with these claims. And under California law, if an, if a plaintiff dies while in the in the in the pursuit of litigation, your claim survives. So even though um, you can't defame a dead person, since he's already started the, the, the process or made the claim and started the action, that defamation claim isn't affected by the fact that he's passed away. So in other words, if this movie came out right now, there would be no claim because he's gone already. Right. All right. So the other interesting thing is that there are people saying that it was the stress of the movie that killed him. Is that a well, new claim? Well, we know Shapiro used a very <laughs> Hell, particular line. Like to... No, Shapiro, Mickey Shapiro, when he, he said, oh, if not for that movie, <laughs> he used that really nice but for cause, we like in the, the law. Um, so I don't know if there might be claims of wrongful death that may yeah, arise. freaking right. I mean, this. he had pre-existing <laughs> conditions, um, heart issues, you know, diabetes. He's... He was 75 years old. Right. The I mean, it's a tenuous connection uh, that the stress from this cause that, then that would be quite the obstacle to overcome to show that there was really a connection that he di- he would not have be dead right now if not for the movie. I think that's right. So yeah. I, 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 I don't see the, yeah, the wrongful death claim, but in like terms of Like the long his... shot of me becoming a rapper. That's about <laughs> as good of a chance that he has. <laughs> I don't see that, but yeah, definitely in terms of the defamation, in terms of the rights of publicity, um, copyright infringement, those can continue on definitely. Alrighty. Although I kind of think that they're going to die with him, but we'll we'll find out. All right. So the Supreme Court denies North Carolina the opportunity to appeal the voter ID laws. What yeah. is this about? Well, yeah, this one's incredible. So <laughs> we've got interesting, incredible. All right, Chaka, well, tell us. Because as I did my research on it, I, I dug into the reasons they made these voter ID laws, and I, I was surprised by what how, do you mean you were surprised? I, I was how seething. blatantly racist they, they were. I mean, normally people tend to do things a little bit more undercover these days. They try and pretend that they're not. Yeah, but what, what essentially happened is they made these voter ID laws. They requested data on how minorities were voting in past elections in North Carolina. And they found certain things like, in early voting, um, black people were were voting very high in the first uh, 17 days, and they voted particularly high on Sunday. So then they made one of the voter regulations to get rid of a week of early voting and knock out one of the Sundays. Uh, they, so they had these regulations that were I'm not, aimed. It's, it's crazy that this is still happening in 2016. It's, it's yeah. embarrassing, Even actually. With photo, they, they started requiring photo ID, but you couldn't use a government employee ID or um, an ID that you might get from social services because that would knock out a high, my, high percentage of minorities. But they allowed people with passports, for example, of yeah. course. That Which was are valid expensive ID. to obtain. Exactly. Yeah. And even if it was expired driver's license, you couldn't use that mm-hmm. one. So, um, so they, they knocked out a lot of... Um, Forms of ID and different things that you uh, that they thought were associated with a high minority turnout, and the Fourth Circuit saw this and they eventually they said they out said this cannot stand. This is yeah. not <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, because your first judge said, you know what, 
the effect was not a racist effect. Right, because this applied universally to everybody. Yeah, and he said he found that more minorities um, actually voted after these laws went into place, but then the Fourth Circuit came down and said, you know what, he missed the force for the trees, he didn't look at the intent, and certainly there was discriminatory intent here. Um, and Supreme Court said, you know what, they were deadlocked 4-4, so, I mean, <laughs> how are they deadlocked on this issue, but... So wait, well, they, we, we can imagine why yeah. they're des- uh, deadlocked on this issue, and only imagine if Scalia were still alive, yeah. there would be no... We know yeah. how this would have come out if Scalia was still alive on this issue. Wait, hold on. They denied to hear it, or they denied, or they the, just... They deadlocked. Yeah. Ahaha, uh, this is what happens when you're in jury duty all day. That criminal courts building downtown is like a cave. I had no <laughs> internet access at all. So some of my knowledge on some of these stories is, is kind of skim. But they actually heard this case. So this isn't one where they denied the a- appeal to even hear it. They did hear this, um, and then they concluded 4-4 that mm. they... don't know. So what that means is that what the lower court said stays and what the lower court said was this is not going to fly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they can still appeal the lower court's decision. All right, but man, I know this is, this is, I mean, it's just embarrassing that this is kind of the state of America in in 2016, but the least that we can do is all know about this so that uh, we can have a say when it comes to voting, which is coming up pretty soon. Uh, All right, now talking about another ballsy move. Uh, Let's talk about Subway guy, Jared (laughs) Fogel. He's the guy who is currently in prison for what's like 15 years 16 over 15 over 15 closer to 16 right for uh child pornography and and i think crossing state lines to have sex with minors yes so um he was sued by one of his victims actually several of the victims but this story that we're talking about today is stems from one particular victim whose name we don't know it's she's she's jane doe she was in her pictures, uh, her new pictures were, you know, at issue in this case. And so she uh, and her parents are suing uh, for emotional distress. And uh, Jared Fogel and his attorneys had an interesting response, which was <laughs> so instead of just sucking up with his wrongdoing and, and, and going quietly into the good night, he's decided to counter sue um, and say that. It wasn't him that inflicted this uh, emotional distress. It was the parents' fault that because of their messy divorce and their uh, physical abuse of one another and the alcoholism, that this girl was suffering mental distress or emotional distress well before he even entered the picture. So never mind that they were uh, that that she was um, videotaped changing or in the bathroom. Forget about all that. <laughs> just, Shaka, where are you on this? On the fact that her parents have well, had marital issues. Well, I mean. <laughs> I can do none of this. But, um, or this is like this is a different but, fiddle than but, you were, you know, squeaking but, along but, when I walked in here. But I know I do support someone's legal right to defend themselves and and say, look, you you were already messed up before I met you, so this doesn't this is not a contributing to to your oh state of gosh. affairs. So well, what was strange to me was how how would he know that this girl was messed up before? Not that I even accept this point. <laughs> Let me just start with that. But how would he even know that this girl was messed up prior? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know if he's got investigators or whatever it is. But it, you have a legal right to defend yourself. And so it, pushing back against that claim that... Yeah, the legal defense was, I didn't do it. But we already know that he did. Yeah. But he might think... Is, that, is there a yeah. right to file frivolous frivolous claims? Not if you, I mean, if someone is legitimately suffering from sort of mental condition before you encounter them, it's not fair for them to blame you for it. And uh, 
come after you for whatever, you know, monetary. So do you think that, let's just say that she, okay, first of all, then that would mean that any person can sue their parents for getting a divorce because they're emotionally distressed from that. You think we should all start doing that? If you can, <laughs> you know, look, I, right, just, I mean, I mean, just the number of people who have gone through a parent's messy divorce uh, and, and then that by itself makes you emotionally stressed so much so that when an adult oh. takes pictures of you and, you know, trades well, them I, around with buddies, that that's uh, not going to have any impact well, on your mental let me, state. Let me, let me say, I didn't read the details, so I don't know if he's alleged certain other details that might speak more to his case. You know? I don't think he has. I think he said <laughs> the parents are alcoholics, they fought physically in front of each other, they had a messy divorce, and because of that, she was so, she was so upset before I found and her. had that's... suicidal ideations and I things mean, like if, that ahead of time. If she had been, if she was committed most of her, her life prior to meeting him and was in, in and out of instant I mean, he has a case there. I just don't know what the details are. I mean, actually, that could, like, haunt him the other way. Because let's just say she was vulnerable because she had these circumstances in life. And then something, you know, he can try and be like, well, it's only a couple pictures. I mean, you know, it shouldn't have been that big of a deal. But if she was already vulnerable and this situation triggered something and her reaction was sort of seems out of proportion, he's responsible for it all. Let's remember, eggshell, you deal with the plaintiff. And I think that's the more likely reading of how it would go. But I think he also has the right to say, look, these behaviors she was alleging that she did after, um, like, this encounter... She was doing before this encounter. So how is it like if he's saying that this pattern of behavior that she's alleging came from what took place, but she was already doing? These I mean, things, this is then, kind of like yeah. you know the case where you know if you rear end somebody and they're like claiming neck pain, and you go into their medical records and find out that they already had a neck injury, you don't want to have to pay for all of the neck injury. Yeah. You want to pay for the part that you caused. Yeah, and so I, I don't think it's wrong in terms of exercising your legal rights to say, look. These things that you're saying happened after you were already doing before. You were suffering from these conditions prior to. But to try and you know alleviate all liability for it is ridiculous. I mean, to say that people are messed up from a, a divorce so much so that this kind of thing well, wouldn't have well, any bearing that, on them. He also said that alcoholism, and so I don't I don't know what else took place in that household How that he might know. How many people are you know children of alcoholics who you know are operating and, and functioning just just fine? I mean, it's, I, it's kind of insulting to people that have gone through similar situations. I, I think it's him grasping at straws, you know, to, to try to say that one had more impact. At the end of the day, you videotaping these girls and subjecting them to, to that, I think, is enough to say you were at, you were at fault. Well, you know, you're definitely at fault. I mean, you know, I'm not saying but you can avoid how, a criminal. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how much. You so, can, I don't know how much you can qualify it by saying you had a messy divorce, and and maybe it maybe it did. You know, maybe, but maybe I, you were kind of unsta- But that's I mean, why we have like if you emotionally did it, like, distressed. Just pay but for it. that's why it's, it's, like the, it's, the, it's the moral thing. Wait, it's, but that's why we have the civil system. The criminal system's different. He's liable. He's criminally liable. But when it comes to the civil system, we have it so we can assess how much you did contribute to someone's. You know, I, you know I guess that's what it's there for is to determine how much you contribute. I mean, I mean it is true. Point, this is contributory, not negligence, yeah. but like cause. Usually yeah. we hear about it as contributory negligence, but like comparatively, yeah, who, that, what, who has the that's responsibility? That's what the whole for. civil system is there to conclude. So it, it, I think he's well within his right to say, look, 
I didn't contribute to all of this. <laughs> you know. And I think, you know, given what he's been convicted of, he doesn't have a lot to lose in terms of yeah. reputation. It, yeah. it doesn't even... Him going after the parents, he doesn't have anything more to lose. If, if, if part of someone's civil suit is saying they can no longer go to work, but they weren't working for the last 10 years because they were messed up by their alcoholic parents, and hey, I'm not the reason you're not working. Yeah, that's true. And I guess it's bizarre for us to expect him to do the right moral thing in this right. situation. when clearly his moral compass is a little well, off. Well, <laughs> Just head itself. There's no, you don't what? know. Well, I mean, I, this I, is not moral justice is served, so maybe we shouldn't no, have just, to press shock too I much I just on don't this. know if the right thing to do is to say, oh, I'll pay whatever claim you, you bring at me because I've done some, some act of wrongdoing. While you should pay, I don't think it means that you need to bankrupt yourself to do so. So him deciding to defend himself and say, I didn't contribute this much because I'd like to provide for this part of my family and I have money that I'd like to give to other people. I don't think it means you necessarily cede your 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 be your uh, your possessions, you know. I I, I um, respect your <laughs> attempts <laughs> to defend him, and uh, I understand. <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying. I yeah. think you're still wrong, but I understand it, and I I, I totally respect it, and I appreciate the the perspective because it's probably you, Jared, and his attorney are the only one. <laughs> I don't know. But it's a skill to be able to see things from that perspective. All right, so this last story. I mean. Did we get through this already? I, I actually, the Supreme Court. Did we Cor- skip something? The North Carolina one. Did, I think they declined to hear the appeal, right? That's or, what I they, thought, and that's yeah. what I was a little I, confused I think, about. I think they. That I was, thought they heard it. No, I don't know. I could be mistaken. I think that they said no to the emergency appeal. I think they were four four on accepting the emergency oh. appeal. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so they. they so that's didn't why they it. can still appeal from the Fourth Circuit's decision, but just not to the Supreme okay, Court. Okay, thanks yeah. for catching that. Otherwise, yeah. we would get mean, terrible. <laughs> incompetency comments. Hey, I mean, we cannot be, like, on top of each and every single uh, fact the way that I would like to if I had nothing else going on with my life. But, you know, uh, that's just not the case. Uh, All right, so this last story is a a cautionary tale for a lot of us who, I don't know, like to make jokes on social media or, I don't know, uh, body shame people because it might come back to bite you. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember the story of the Playboy Playmate, yeah. mo- model, mm-hmm. and she took a not so nice picture yeah. of of an elderly lady, like yeah, she was in like her seventies. Seventies, yeah. And so it's like it's her in the picture, and then the woman showering, yeah, naked in the gym locker room, and the caption on it was. If I can't unsee this, then neither can you. Yeah. Uh, clearly shaming the woman for her body. Okay. Well, now, wouldn't you know, uh, they have found the woman in the picture. Yeah. Because they have found this woman, she now has the opportunity to press charges. And she has said she wants to, so. Uh, wow. Wow. So the woman did come out and apologize for it. What was it? Danny Mathers yeah. has apologized for it. Except the apology was, I didn't mean to send it to everyone on Snapchat. I just meant to send it to one friend. I know. Yeah. That, I, mean, I, I know yeah. that. Yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, but if, you know, I guess as a victim wants to press charges, what would be the charge and what is the possible uh, exposure for Danny Mathers if convicted of this, uh, sending this uh, private image out to the public. Yes. Yeah, so there's, a, I guess, two issues. There's one, the woman's case, a civil matter in terms of the invasion of her privacy, in 
the locker room or in a bathroom or in my bedroom, I have a reasonable expectation of privacy. I don't expect that there are people videotaping me and taking pictures. So that's one side of it. But also, in addition, in California, it's illegal to videotape someone in a private room, whether it's a tanning booth, a bathroom, a bedroom, um, again, any place where there's a reasonable expectation of privacy, it's against the law to videotape them without their knowledge or their consent. So there's uh, a criminal matter there as well. It would be a, a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor, but she has to look at it from both sides. Would she face jail time, Shaka? Yeah, I mean, was it up to six months in jail? Yeah. Yeah, so, and I think probably well-deserved, and I think it's a good lesson for people, because I think it happens a lot more than we think it does. I think, though, the chances that she'll see the inside of a jail because of this are very, no pun intended, slim. Um, I I think they could, you know, I think they really could make make an an example example out of her. her. Yeah, because six months is not really a ton of time. They might give her two or three, and she might be out early release. More like two or three weeks. I mean, can we remember how many times, like, celebrities been convicted of a DUI? overcrowding and boom, they're out. (laughs) In, like, two hours. That might happen here. Okay, so, yeah, be careful with those... Snapchats and... Attempts at humor. (laughs) All right, speaking of attempts at humor coming to an end, I should probably cut this before my deliriousness takes over. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Justice is Served, and make sure you tune back in with us next week. In the meantime, you can... Comment, like um, on the YouTube comments uh, or to us. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Chelsea Galicia. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Yams. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Hollywood. Redefined. Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.